cliffcentral.com. All right, so uh, our police minister, Figilim Balula, was addressing journalists during a visit to the Sunnyside Police Station in Pretoria. Uh, this is where he did his annual Mandela Day service. And, uh, you know, he said that he had directed his deputy, Bongani Mkongi, to correct his recent remarks regarding mm-hmm. the prevalence of crime and foreign nationals in Johannesburg. The minister saying, I've gone through what he said, and indeed that is too rough. Okay, now hang on. So first of all, remember, Fikile is actually the Minister of Police. Yeah. Which is, for some people, a frightening thing. It means that he's responsible for safety and security in this country. However, mostly he hasn't said as many dumb things as he used to say as Minister of Sport. I mean, Ben, is that a fair comment to make? Uh, sure. Yeah, less less yeah. dumb stuff. Yeah, let's go for it. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty right. much less attention, that's why. Now, his deputy held a press conference mm-hmm. yesterday, mm-hmm. and he said some things about foreign nationals. Do you want to hear that clip? Yeah. Let me see if I can find that for you, because this is where the controversy comes from. What is his name again? Bongani Mkongi. Bongani Mkongi. I'm just looking it up. Uh, about foreign nationals. I'm just trying to look up the clip quickly. Uh, there we go. Got it. It's from EWN, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. There he is, talking about this problem. And he says that 80% of Johannesburg is foreign nationals. That's what he says. Uh, he means places like Hillbrow, obviously. He means, um, you know, parts of, parts of, uh, of, of, of the Joburg CBD that have been taken over by these foreign nationals. And Townships you can as well. The question arises. And... Uh, we must investigate also what is the law of South Africa says. How can a city in South Africa be 80% foreign nationals? That is dangerous. That in Hillbro and the surrounding areas, South Africans have surrendered he really makes effective use of the pregnant pause. Yes, mm. yeah. <laughs> mm, with triplets that pause had. Their own city. To the foreign nationals. The nation should discuss that particular question. You won't find South Africans in other countries dominating a city. Well, have you ever been to South London? There are parts of Putney that I would ever are more South African than, than English. Yeah, they hang the flags in the windows. You yeah. can't miss it. You commute and there's like yeah. literally South African flags every third window. It's right. pretty cool, actually. Into 80%. Because if we do not debate that, that necessarily means the whole South Africa could be 80% dominated by foreign nationals. And the future president of South Africa could be a foreign national. So I have to ask, because he said we must debate this, what would be so wrong with that? Like, wh- what makes you feel that because of the artificial borders that were drawn by our colonial ancestors and masters that makes South Africa a country, what about those borders makes you so special that you can be president, but someone from Zimbabwe who speaks a very similar language and might just have lived on the other side of the fence and crossed right back here, can't be president. Why do you think it's so special to be South African, Mr. Deputy Police Minister? 
Well, I mean, isn't this the same problem that uh, Barack Obama faced when he became president? Is some people wanted him to produce his birth certificate because they were like, "Oh, hang on, I mean, are you even really American?" <laughs> but what, so like, you know, people if, have if, people if have this some problem people of mainly Trump. Yeah. All right. Uh, so hang on. If our city of Johannesburg, parts of it, are eighty percent foreign nationals, mm. didn't they come in there because they saw opportunity where we didn't? And they come in because they could sustain a live, livelihood there that we couldn't. Didn't they prove in doing so that they deserve to be there more than all of us do? And didn't they also take that place not by force, but by by force of will, by mm. by desire to improve their own lives? I think it's a statement of their superiority over us, and we should be celebrating immigration of that kind that adds value to the economy, even if. As he says later in the clip, it involves drug dealing and prostitution, which, by the way, you can't prove is just the foreign nationals. Well, it's yeah. not just the foreign nationals. The deputy minister conveniently forgot the part about how um, in certain parts of the country said foreign nationals have SAPS officials on their payroll and they have police officers taking bribes from them and they have police officers providing them with weapons. He conveniently forgot that part. And those police officers are not foreign nationals. They're South African. And he sounds paranoid because listen to how he carries on. We, we can get into some of the detail of this. We've got some time. Listen to this. I'd like to hear your thoughts as well. We are surrounding our land. And, and, and it is not xenophobia to talk truth. We fought for this land. I mean, From- he, he must be 17. He, he uh, doesn't look like he fought for anything. And if you're going to unroll and unravel history, then there are a lot of people who fought for this land. And, and not one of them deserves it more than any other. And a lot of people in a lot of other countries in Africa that also fought for this land in solidarity with the people fighting for this yeah, land. Yeah, but, but if you want to have this argument, if you want to talk about conquering the land or fighting for the land, then you have to acknowledge that Jan van Riebeek and those people fought for their little piece of the land too. So then you have to acknowledge that they deserve their part of it, which I don't think he wants to do. You can't do this with history. You can't look at what you've got and claim it as being special and then not apply the same rules retrospectively to other people. The Zulus fought the British at St. Luana and beat them. The British then beat them, or I think it was the other way around, but at Rourke's Drift. Both fought for the land. Both have a claim on the land. Mm. Neither is superior or inferior. And various groups had been fighting for the land, winning and, and losing that, prior. Before that, Shaka had chased almost everyone who he didn't like out of KZN. So he fought for that land. Does that mean all those people who were chased out don't deserve to have a claim on the land? And all these people who migrated south from other parts of Africa because of economic opportunity here, they might not be fighting for the land, which you should be grateful for, police minister, because your police force wouldn't be able to stop them if they did. How can they not also have a claim on the land? And what does it mean to be a stupid citizen anyway? Like, what's so great about being a South African? What makes you think you're so special and interesting? Because you claim that you fought for the land. Lots of people fought for the land. I think there's a distinction to draw, though. Like, I'm super proud to be a South African, but I don't think it makes me better than everybody else. Well, that's where the problem comes in, is when South Africans develop a superiority complex when it comes to other countries on this continent. A lot of South Africans are walking around genuinely thinking that they are the best on this continent. Well, we're clearly not. I would aver that almost everybody else who comes here does a better job of whatever we're doing than we do. And so much of that can be proven in places like Hillbrow. Who's running the spaza shops? 
Who's running the, 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 the apartment blocks, whether they're invaded or not? Who's running the place? Is it us? No. And what advantage did they start with when they arrived? Nothing. Nothing. So ask yourself, really, if you think we're superior. It's going to be an emotive one. This I can see some. I can see some fairly fiery tweets coming in. No, there. no, it's it, it's always been an emotive one. I mean, you know, um, on the issue of crime, because I find that it is very difficult for a lot of people to talk about foreign nationals without very quickly linking them to crime. And I think that this is a dangerous thing to do because the perception or the message that you're sending out is that foreign nationals are prone to coming into the country and breaking the law and committing crime. Mm. Now, where are the facts for that? Where are the facts for that when, for example, when women are outraged about femicide and the, the, the statistics around rape in this country, and when the stats tell us that these crimes are being committed by men we know, our uncles, our brothers, our fathers, our boyfriends, our husbands, none of these men are foreign nationals. They're all South African men. What what facts are you using to back up these arguments, these messages that you're sending out when you're trying to create the impression that foreign nationals come into this country to commit crime? How about the fact that about 50 Gauteng police who have been accused of killing people in various protest marches and all the rest of it have never been charged, brought before a court? Nothing's happened. This is the deputy police minister. Clean up your own garden before you start worrying about foreign nationals. Your own garden is the police force, which in this country is a disgrace. I feel very sorry for hardworking policemen and women, and there are some. There are people who go out there and they risk their life every day to protect you and me. Mm. This guy is in charge of them, and he's worrying about foreign nationals when what he really should be doing is making sure the police force is clean. Clean up. What's going on in the police? As Mabali said, there are police people on the payrolls of various criminals. We know who they are. We know where they, where they live. We know what they're doing. Tidy that up. And in terms of foreign nationals coming here only to do crime, I mean, especially if, you, if you've spent time in or lived in or live in Cape Town, man, the will to work. You get these dudes. And the thing that drives me completely insane is the, is the people in the traffic that hoot at them and swear at them. You get these guys. They pack up their whole little store into like this little, I don't know how to explain it, but it's, it's, it's a very large, very, very large shopping cart type of box on wheels. They pack in an entire store into there. There's a couple of places throughout town where they can lock them away for the night. They get them at like, you know, sparrow fart in the morning. They pull them with ropes down the roads, up the roads to their various locations, kilometers of pulling a heavy thing. And then at 6, 7 p.m., they pull them back after working the whole day. I mean, it is brutally hectic. And usually there's two or three of them to a cart and they push them up the road. And then, yeah, the motorists hoot and freak out and stress because they have to overtake them. And it's like that level of hard work, make, hustling, making it happen. It's like I just think to myself, anyone who hoots at a person working that hard at an honest job can seriously drive into the nearest wall. I'm a white minority. We cannot surrender it to the foreign nationals. That is a matter of principles. We fought for this country, not only for us, for the generations of South Africans. The arms that are being used here in Hillbrook are arms of war, which are unlicensed. The hijacking of buildings <coughs> here in Hillbrook 
is a sign of taking over power. The question of dominance of foreign nationals in illegal trading and also businesses that are here in Hebrew is an economic sabotage that is taking place against our people. Economic sabotage. Some of these people and anyone's adding value to the economy in these places. But then you also have to look at both sides of the coin. Like things like building takeovers and that kind of stuff. There are some seriously bad problems that uh, foreign nationals might be at the heart of, but that's not to say. But then the police's responsibility is to clean them up. So don't blame it on them. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Why aren't you enforcing the law? You believe in property law, deputy police minister? Then enforce it. It's your. Don't stand. How dare you sit there in a press conference and tell us what's wrong that you are responsible for fixing as if it's someone else's fault. In this case, yeah. you're blaming the foreign nationals. There's lots of crime, and it's it's due to the specific people who are committing it, not due to the fact that the police aren't stopping it. Yeah, and, and don't for a minute say to me that all the foreign nationals are the ones who are, con- who are committing these crimes. There may be a small group of them. There may even be a group of South Africans who are complicit in this too. But don't try and blame all foreign nationals. It seems like scapegoating. This is what the Nazis said about Jews back in the 1930s. Uh, Roman, what's up? Yeah, morning, Gareth. How's everyone today? Uh, very well. Uh, the Renegade Report is on every Tuesday. You had a new episode released just yesterday. Indeed, with a, a Muslim reformer, mm. uh, a lady from California who grew up in Pakistan, uh, who is a Sufi Muslim and mm-hmm. argues that uh, Islam, as we know today, is not the same as the one in the Quran. All right. So, if they want to listen, it's available. But just, just talking about these foreigners, um, the Institute of Race Relations released a report in March this year. And it, it's stark reading. Uh, do you know that over 80% of spouser shops in the whole country are owned by foreigners? I didn't know that. What, what do you think the reason for that is? Well, they, they work together. Uh, th- there's a, a study that shows that an average foreigner comes in with about 1,500 rand. Mm-hmm. Within 18 months, turns that into 50,000 rand hmm. sure. through trade. Uh, and as for the, the issue of crime, um, it's very difficult to do anything without an ID number. And right. home affairs is notoriously xenophobic. So what do people do? They do crime, but crime in the sense of they deal in illegal cigarettes or they sell uh, prostitution or sex work or drugs, but these are not meant to be crimes anyway. I mean, come on, it's uh, we we live in a society where where you know selling your body for sex is a crime. So if you call that a crime, obviously you are incorrect. Yeah, and and also it seems to me that this is just a way. It's really just plain old scapegoating, which is what I referred to a moment ago, trying to find someone else to blame for your own incompetence as a minister. Well, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, the, the thing with foreigners generally around the world, they work harder than local people. If you look at uh, Pakistanis in in the UK, if you look at Koreans in the US, if you look at Zimbabweans in this country, mm-hmm. there is no safety net. There is nothing. So, so they have to put in the time, they have to put in the work, they have to get the networks up and running, and they can't rely on the state to bail them out. So, of course, they work harder. It's not because Africans are inferior. It's, it's because foreigners have no <coughs> alternative. Yeah. I very, mean, very a, a lot of them come from a dire situation back at home. 
And they really come here with no other option but to succeed. That's the only option that they have. Make yeah. it work. And as Roman says, in South Africa, we've got a safety net for our, for our own people, which uh, takes the form of, of welfare, which we know is an, is an unsustainable situation in, in every way. 17 million people who are reliant on that. And, of course, if you have to compete with a desperate, hardworking, has-to-succeed foreigner, and, and they're, they're very um, – Ambitious and motivated reason to to make it, and you could rather sit on your backside and take a grant. Not that I'm saying that that's what all people who do take grants do. Guess which one you're going to choose. But, but something even more pernicious: the the ANC government supports the dictators and the tyrants in those countries from where immigrants flee from to South Africa. So you can't have your cake and eat it too. Make a decision. Yeah, if you're going to be anti, uh, you know, if you're going to do something to, to, to help these people and to stop them from coming into our country and make their own conditions back home a little more livable, then stand up against those tyrants. Otherwise, don't complain when they come here. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. It, seem, it seems so simple, but somehow simplicity is never a good thing in politics. Tell me quickly, since you're on the line, what would you imagine the situation would be if the, if the ANC completely ruined South Africa, which they seem hell-bent in some cases of doing, and, and our people, all of us, had to leave and go and live in other African countries? What kind of reception do you think we would receive? Uh, I think it will be similar to what the Jews received in the 30s. You'll just have boats of South Africans floating around the Indian Ocean being uh, unable to land in any African country because uh, because we treated their people badly when they arrived in South Africa, so why do they need to take us? Yeah, you could already see this in the AU. Um, just recently they had, had very vociferous debates at the AU, which is otherwise a very effete, incompetent eunuch of an organization. Um, they, they did bring up the fact that they think South Africans have got an attitude problem. That's why they didn't like uh, Nkosa Sanad Lamini Zuma. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm friends with a lot of French-speaking Africans from Senegal and Ivory Coast and all that. Uh, they refuse to, to integrate at all because uh, they say they don't feel welcome. Uh, people look down on, upon them. So what they do is actually they create their own community. They all live in Yeovil. Every single – 80% of people in Yeovil are French-African, mm-hmm. and they've got their own stores. They've got their own security. They, they live completely free from the state. And they have actually quite a nice livable area. In other words, again, the state is the opposite of the solution. Well, of course, in almost every single problem, the state is not the answer. All right. Thanks, Roman. <laughs> in almost every <laughs> single problem, the state is not the answer. All I right. mean, seriously, just open up all the borders in Africa, for God's sake. They're colonial borders. Let's decolonize Africa. Take away all the borders, let people settle wherever they want to, and let's have a proper a, a, a proper. That would be a real AU. Well, yeah, one would and, think. And, and we'd create the biggest trading block in the world. One would think. Well, but at least again, a, at least a sizable one. Yeah. All right, man. Thanks. All right. Thanks for all the best. Cheers, guys. Cliffcentral.com.